Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. It is, uh, well, you're listening to this on Wednesday, March 1st. Yeah. We're actually recording on the day before, so... Um, I know the whole pre-recording thing has me way, way off. <laughs> but, uh, but and the yeah. fact that it's Fat Tuesday and I'm from Louisiana. Right. <laughs> Everybody's off over there. But anyway, <laughs> let's begin with our prayer. Good afternoon. You have joined the Mystery of Parenthood, and uh, you will be listening. Yes, it is Wednesday, March 1st for you. Uh, and we're going to start with our prayer from um, St. John Paul II for families. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. Amen. In the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so we are just going to jump right into, um, I think, Lenten practices in our domestic church. Uh, I think Trey also has some facts and myths about uh, (laughs) about Lent. I mean, there's a lot of, of, uh, there are a lot of confusing (laughs) things that get, get, get said, and I think, you know, we need to focus on what Lent Lent is meant to be, um, which is a letting go of things that may get in the way to open up space for. And then you'll get to something that I you had said to the kids today or texted to the kids today, which I think speaks to this. But we got to make room for for God in, in our life, and Lent allows that, and not just to by giving up, but also by filling it with something that would draw us closer to God. It's just, it's an opportunity, um, to evaluate ourselves, to look at ourselves, um, in light of the gospel, in light of the good news and the fact that God wants to be in communion with us that he wants us to participate with him in his nature, um, in his divine nature. He wants to share that and that this is a time to, to go about doing that. And I think sometimes it, it can be, um, treated as a, no, here it is again, type of type of thing. Your sackcloth and yeah, sackcloth, <laughs> cloth and ashes, which is not necessarily <laughs> a bad Wrong. thing. No, but no. but there is a mentality mm-hmm. that I think we want to address here that we should be trying to work towards in our domestic churches, in our families, and in ourselves. Um, that that says if it is sackcloth and ashes, it's for a for a reason, um, and a good reason, and one that. Um, can have an impact on our lives. So anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Lent. Please, because it's a, a, a um, yeah, tape so show, right. we, we, we can't take phone calls. However, we would love if you would, if you would um, text any questions that you might have and we can address them next week. Absolutely. Good news about Lent is next week will be Lent too. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got anyway, 40 go days of Lent. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so please, you can text in, which is a little bit different, um, as Trey said, and it's 979-255-2633. And so really, you can text in anytime if you think of a question or something you'd like for us to address or a topic you'd like for us to cover, and um, we'd love to have your, yeah, we'd love to have your input. So text in 255-2633, our local area code 979. So, so I think I think what we'd like to do is talk about a few things, this this uh, perspective on it, but then also provide you with some with some ideas of things you could do. Again, as is typically the case, we might throw out multiple of things 
probably would not recommend that you try to embrace all of them I mean, because like anything else with, with dieting or anything you try to add exercise, anything you try to, to add, you want to add something that is a goal that you can work towards, you know, that you can, um, meet and that's not too overwhelming. Um, you know, I'm notorious as I'm sure some of you out there maybe are, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start exercising. Well, you know, you, that first day you go all all in and do stuff that you shouldn't be doing and the next day you're paying for it and it's hard to get through it because it's so rigorous that you don't actually ever receive the benefit of all the work you're putting in um on the exercise side i think that i think lent can be that way too if you're not careful um yeah. the bottom line is you want to be successful right so. we want to do something that that is successful um, and part of that success is understanding what Lent is about. It's, it's 40 days. It's 40 days. Really important to recognize that 40 is an important number. It's an important number. Theologically, it's important. It's an important number from just a purely human aspect. I'll just go through them. I mean, first off, 40 is the number of years that the Israelites spent in the desert, right? 40 years. It was the 40 years of them becoming purified so that they could enter into the promised land. Of course, Jesus, the one, the, the readings that you'll hear this coming Sunday um, are going to be of Jesus being um, sent into the desert by the Holy Spirit in order to be tempted by the devil. Then, And that whole temptation in the desert by the devil. So there's 40 days and then he comes back and that's when he begins his public ministry. So there's, there's that there's 40 weeks in a pregnancy in a, in a, in a healthy pregnancy. It's a 40 week deal. So 40 is the beginning. So think he, he, he receives his baptism. Jesus receives his baptism. He goes is, is driven by some accounts is led by the Holy spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil, he fasts and prays, and and then comes back, and as a result of that time, is ready to go out and begin his mission. Forty weeks in the womb is a healthy time for the child to come out and be ready to go enter into his life. I think if we if we look at it, forty years for the Israelites was what they needed to be able to fully embrace all God had for them in the Promised Land. So. F- think about this, this 40 days are the 40 days that are meant to be a time for us to convert so that we can go back out into the world and be what God calls us to be, to go out strengthened and ready to go out and evangelize and have a mission to the people that we meet. In the, in our case, in most of y'all's cases, that's going to be inside the family as well. So that's my start. So 40 is important. I'll, I will, I will, address i will address one thing because i did have somebody to, is is sunday a cheating day in lent okay practical that was a question of a of, of somebody i care about deeply and i said no it's not a cheating day it's just not a day that's included in lent the church sundays are always resurrection days they're always celebratory And so the church, in keeping with that, says, yes, every other day can be a day of fasting and prayer and almsgiving, Um, but Sunday remains special because we still are living in a time when we must remember that the whole reason that we're having Lent, the whole reason that we have the church, the whole reason that we have been given um, new life is because of what happened on a Sunday. Jesus was raised from the dead, so it's still... A celebration. It's a mini Easter, so to speak. So if you count the days, I mean, Easter is on April 15th. If you counted from today, as you're listening to this, March 1st, and go that, that's more than 40 days. Well, guess what? It's because the Sundays don't count. So you're not cheating if you use a date. Nothing wrong with deciding to, to, to stay true to whatever you've done, but there's nothing wrong and you are not cheating. I'm doing the quote (laughs) marks here. You're not cheating by allowing yourself to celebrate for that. Again, if in our mind we are doing it in the spirit of 
Thanksgiving for what Sunday represents in, in remembrance of what we are preparing for down the road, which is Easter Sunday. Again, as with most things, it's the perspective that we have and the meaning that we give to it that probably determines, is it a good thing or a bad thing? If you're like living, we, you know, six days, oh, can't, no chocolate, no chocolate, no chocolate. I got to have chocolate or no wine, no wine, no wine. Give me a, you know, a gallon. You know, I mean, if, if that's if that's how it is, you probably have something to work on on there because it should be I'm I'm doing this but at at the end of this week should Sunday come in celebration in honor of Jesus Christ himself and his res, his resurrection and what that has gained for us and that what we're preparing for is in remembrance of that time of that day in history that we um can celebrate that day so it's not your Lenten binge day. It's not. It's not your Lenten binge day again. Or your Lenten cheat it's not day. Like, it's not, and it's not a cheat. Yeah. It is. It is. It is a, a. Again, it's a good practice for what Sundays are always meant to be, which is a, a remembrance, a celebration of the resurrection. So every Sunday is kind of a mini Easter, so to speak. That's why we go. That's why we go to Mass on on those days as a matter of obligation, because it's the Lord's day, the day that he rose from the dead. So hopefully that'll clear up any, any, um, any issues. You're not a wimp. If you, if you, uh, decide to have a glass of wine, if you're giving up alcohol, or if you have a, have a chocolate bar, um, and, and you've given up chocolate on Sundays, as long as in your mind, you're thinking not, okay, now I've got to do this and do it. It's not a binge day. I think that we can make it about Jesus and retune us for Sundays being exactly that. Well, and that kind of brings us to the conversation we were having with our kids because um, there was a, a family text going back and forth um, yes. last night with the I mean, with the guy, cash. And I tell you what, I don't know. I, I, I had my, I was too far to turn off my phone, <clears throat> but you know. When you have the sound on, you know that ding, 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 ding. There was there was pinging back and forth because it was a rather heated texting. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't heated. Yeah. It was funny. It was, yeah. But it, it but was, everybody had a, had something to quip. Had an opinion. They had an opinion. Yes. And so, and so one of the older children was um, was asking what everybody was giving up. What you know what's going on in Lent? Obviously, she's not in the house, so she was I think trying to to reach out and 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 be a part. <laughs> Um, oh, because, I think encourage yeah, well, and just, you know, that's, I mean, it's something that we do Lent, just like Advent, just like any church season is always better when we don't get three days into the season and then go, oh yeah, I need to give up something or, right. oh yeah, I need to, this is like a this special might... time. What am I, what should I be doing? So, yeah, so we, we do try to at least start that conversation and, and give that little, um, you know, preemptive heads up so people can be, um, you know, be thinking, I mean, as well for the kids as for us. Um, but so one of them was, um, talking about giving up candy and I think another one <laughs> quipped, well, is this really going to bring you closer to God? And, and, um, and so then another one, of course, you know, chimes in with the arrows up and like, yeah, question mark, you know? <laughs> so there's this conversation going back and forth and it was awesome because it was an opportunity for us again to reframe and educate and remember that um, that of course, number one, everybody's Lent is is your own. I mean, it's your it's your journey with Jesus. I mean, that's what you want it to be. So, if there are things in your life that you feel like are vices or things that you have trouble saying no to, um, Lent is a perfect time to give those things up. And it's like I told you know the kids, it's like, but you have to remember in what framework you're doing that. You're not, you don't have your sackcloth and ashes, and like, oh, I gave up candy. You know, you want to remember that when you have that desire for that candy, and it will be strong, just like you know, I mean, we all have our own things, but and it will be strong, and 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 you'll do without that. You want to remember that emptying, and offer that, um, offer that denial. Um, to, to Jesus. And I know we've talked about this before too, is that, you know, in this world today, we, we don't say no to pleasures very often. Um, and Lent is the perfect opportunity to practice that because, you know, 
we're kind of a yes society. And, and I mean, you know, and, and, and immediate gratification. I mean, just look at all the, all the social media and all the things that we have access to that is not, I mean, Trey and I were laughing with the kids the other day. It's like, y'all will never understand that we have to go to a library and go to a card catalog and look up this like a bazillion digit number. And hope it was and, there. <laughs> and, you know. and hope somebody had put it back right when you, you know, when you were looking for it. And, you know, you couldn't start your uh, paper one or two days before it was due because you had to go gather all your resources, you know. So anyway, it's just to to be able to, you know, I know I've said before to say no is not just to say no, but you say no to protect what you've said yes to. Um, because we all, I think, and I know I'm totally guilty of this, um, trying to take on too much and then you doing a whole lot, but nothing really well. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we talked about early on in this, in this, in our show is take one or two things. If you only do one or two things really well, um, during Lent, then count that as a success, you know? Um, and whether that's, um, you know, to give something up. I mean, I always like to think of it as I, I, I like to do some sort of sacrifice, some sort of giving up, some sort of denial, no to myself, um, but then I also like to add, like to, to do something to better my journey with Jesus, to read a good spiritual book, um, to maybe pray a little bit longer, um, go to adoration, go to daily mass. I mean, add things in to your day, to your week um, that you aren't necessarily doing as a habit um, and try to make it a new habit. This is you know, Lynn is 40 days, but what we need to remember is that it's, it's like a, a practice, a concentrated practice ground for us to take what we do in that 40 days and carry it forward out of, um, out of those 40 days and into our lives and our years and our families and the people that we come in contact with. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's important to remember is that we, we, should look at Lent as something that we're trying to add something that we intend to carry forward. Now, it may not be, it may not be, and again, it, and, and even within Lent, if you think about this, that there, there, if you do say it's chocolate or whatever that you give up, and remember, there is nothing wrong. Remember, the three kind of pillars of, of Lent are prayer, fasting, fasting and almsgiving. Um, those all go hand in hand. Prayer is our relationship and our communication with God. Fasting is the what we're giving up, but what we're letting go. And the almsgiving is really a filling of what we give up there. They kind of go together. And, and then this idea of offering it together, which I'm going to get to. But I think that a good thing to do is if you give up something, fill it with something else. If you're giving up, I mean, whatever. Say Say you're giving up. Um, for an adult, giving up wine, you know, and you might you might drink a bottle of wine in a week, you know, but you're gonna spend what twenty dollars on that or eighteen dollars, fifteen dollars, you know, take that fifteen dollars and give it to somebody who needs it, you know, so you can tie those together, and I think it's really important to remember that 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 you're saying no in order to say yes, you're saying no to the bottle of wine and the spending of that to say yes to I want to increase my giving or I want to give to somebody who really has a need. So my sacrifice is not just a sacrifice that I have to bear that cross. It is a cross that actually benefits somebody else. If you understand that, that together is really the mentality of Lent. <laughs> it, it, is, it is that mentality. The other thing is, is that, even if you if you have Sunday and you may have a glass or two on a Sunday of wine in this particular example, remember that this again it's a reordering. You're you're remembering okay I'm not giving giving up wine because it's bad. I'm not giving up chocolate because it's bad. I am reordering it to the proper way of seeing it. I, I don't need it, and so when I enjoy it, it's a celebratory enjoyment. And, and I'm thinking of, I'm celebrating because it's Jesus. Well, that should be every day. So that's a, that's a, that is a, a way of looking at things that I think is, is really 
something that we should carry out of Lent, you know, that we should carry into our everyday lives, that when we do do something that's maybe pleasurable, that we recognize it as a gift from God, we recognize it as, as something, and we offer that to him, and we do it for him, not as something that we get away. It's something that we do uh, in that. I think that's uh, important. So I think prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, maybe we have that idea of um, for everything that we give up, we look at what that means monetarily or in time, and we try to fill it with something. If, if I'm giving up a television show, that's a, that's a way of fasting. Maybe I fill that with, instead of taking the 30 minutes that it would take to watch that show, I'll, I'll add 30 minutes of prayer um, during that time or 15 or whatever. But always looking at it as a, I'm, I'm letting go of something in order to f- be filled with something. And I think that that's a way that we should teach our kids in that. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, um, I, I think, you know, doing more than one thing, but again, um, you know, keeping it, keeping it simple. And, you know, I mean, I, I know, I mean, let, be real. I, I've had great lints and I've had very dry lints. I mean, I've had lints where I've just like really stuck to my sacrifices or my, the book I was reading or, you know, um, and then I've had lints where I, it's like every week I felt like I was trying to start over and then all of a sudden it's Easter. <laughs> right, and I, heard a, you know? <laughs> I heard somebody talking yesterday and I think it's a good point. You know, every day is a new day. All right. So, so don't, you only would be a failure to say, well, I broke it. So I just forget it. You know, it's part of the cross to recognize. And part of what we need to recognize is in our failure, we're in need of a savior in our, in our, in our inability to control ourselves in some aspect of our life that we recognize because we're going to give it up that we maybe need to control ourselves. When we fail, instead of looking at as, oh, I've let God down and this is just a waste. I'm not going to do it. Look at it as, oh, Lord, you know, I've uh, I've fallen. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to ask you for the graces I need to try to take up this cross again and see if I can do it. That's a very healthy Christian attitude because if we think that we can just do something on our own and that it's just sheer willpower, we are mistaken, <laughs> We need to become aware, and sometimes our falling makes us aware, and therefore embrace it as a gift that we become aware of the fact that we are incapable, separate from Him, and then ask for the graces to be able to proceed with that. And so, I think it's very, very important that we that we do that. One of the things that I think I want to bring up is how many people out there, particularly you older ones, maybe maybe even the younger ones now, have, you know. Whenever something bad happened, my mom used to always say, well, just offer it up, you know, <laughs> offer it up. We as Catholics, that is a very Catholic, it's a very Christian uh, way of looking at things. And again, it unites us to what the whole Easter season is about, the Paschal mystery of Christ, which is the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ Listen to what St. Paul says. It's one that every Catholic ought to know. It says, now I rejoice. This is Colossians 1, 24. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. He's talking to the people of the church of Colossae. How do you say The Colossians. Um, now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. And in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is, his, that is the church. I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. That is a very important part of what it means to be Christian and Catholic. This idea of redemptive suffering, that somehow we participate in Christ's salvific mission because he shared it with us. Think about this. He says, "I." this is a good one to ask people because he says, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. What could be lacking in the perfect, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ? 
I mean, it's right there in the Bible. Ask anybody. If it's if it's totally sufficient, why does Paul say there's something that's lacking? It's important as Catholics to understand this. It's important to know that this is the foundation on which we say that there is such a thing as redemptive suffering, that there is meaning in Christians who suffer in the same way that St. Paul is. I, I In my flesh, I complete what is lacking, and I rejoice in my sufferings because I'm completing what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Jesus died, and it was all perfect. It is perfect. It is all sufficient in terms of without that happening, nothing that we do would ever be acceptable. We would never be able to do anything good. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But in God's wisdom, in God's plan, he actually entrusts to us the ability to participate in his sacrifice on the cross, in the suffering that it has, and that we can actually have meaning in our suffering because we can unite it with Christ's perfect sacrifices. What is lacking in Christ's sacrifice? Our willingness to join Jesus on the cross, our willingness to take up Christ's cross. It goes hand in hand with him saying, you must take up your cross and follow me. There's something about our lives that says we should be joining Jesus. Thank God most of us will not die with nails in our wrists and in our hands or sword in our side, but we can freely, particularly in Lent, there's certainly time to embrace those things that come to us separate from our free choice. But there's a way in Lent that we actually share. Jesus freely accepted his cross. He freely brought it in and knew that while it would hurt, it would be something that it, that was of immense, infinite, unmeasurable value. And that somehow we participate in that through our sacrifices. So we can give up something that we really love, and it'd be a cross. And if we offer it to him, well, how do you offer it? This is a great time to be teaching our kids about what happens at the Mass. Really important that we begin to teach them that when that patent is offered, when, when, when the gifts are brought down the aisle, when the gifts are brought down the aisle, that we should be offering ourselves with them. All of the struggles, all the joys during Lent, and especially the times that we decided to give up whatever it is, chocolate, hunger pains that you might have for fasting, to offer those together with him, those small things. The very image of a priest making a little drop of water into a cup of wine, which is other than seeing the drop being dropped in there, nobody would ever be able to measure. Nobody would ever be able to tell that the wine has changed colors because it's such a small drop. That drop represents our participation in, our offering of our spot it, it's meaningless separate from the wine itself it's our offering is meaningless separate from what Christ accomplished on the cross we couldn't if he hadn't died on the cross and been risen from the dead all of our offerings would mean nothing but together with his offered in the mass so when we put whatever we put into our into the money tray or whether we offer, listen to the, to the Eucharistic prayer, we are offering ourselves on that patent, placing ourselves with all of our gifts, our talents, our successes, our failures, our pains, you know, our sacrifices we're placing on that altar, on that patent, so that when, when the priest says, this is my body, all that I've done in my body is now united with Christ's, and we make up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ, not because there's something lacking, but because we have now accepted the invitation to take up our cross and to offer it with him to heaven. That is something critically important, I think, that we should teach our children. When they're young, what do we do? I mean, what we did was we had them write, you know, you might want to tell your priest that you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. But but we but we we had our kids write down something that they struggled or written down and they put it in the offertory that not run that by your priest, but we would say, look, Hey, we're going to have our kids place it in there because 
we want them to attach meaning to something that they did in this last week. We want them to proactively be reminded of the fact that they're meant to join Jesus on the cross and that that happens in the day-to-day stuff and that when they put down, you know, I did a chore for my brother or sister or, I mean, you name it, that they would write that down on and they would place it in the offering, which means more, I think, than... than Yeah, when they're young, I think that's a very tangible way um, of doing it. And I don't know any priest that that would deny that. Um, But also, if I mean... Even let's say you've forgotten the piece of paper or you don't get, I mean, teach your children to, to make a, an actual, you know, motion, a visible sign for themselves to put out their hand, um, you know, towards the altar and, and to say a little prayer of offering, you know, I give you, you know, like Trey said, my struggles, my, my gifts, my talents, my shortcomings, um, I, I give that to you, Jesus, and, and explain to them, show them, um, you know, the priest making that drop of water and explain to them that that is, you know, that is us being, <clears throat> excuse me, being included, being a part of um, Jesus, because apart from him, we can do nothing. So I think, you know, use the math, the mass is an incredible educational tool to our faith. Right, to understand um, to understand what it is. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the great amen, if you think about it, all this is this offering has happened and we've done it. The great amen always ends with through him, with him, and in him. To give them the idea that that thing that they placed in, that, that, I, that, that, that they placed in the basket, that sacrifice that they made in offering, you know, with, the, with their hands or something, I'm, I'm giving this to you, is now being offered to God the Father through Jesus, with Jesus, and in Jesus, just like that drop of water is now part of that gla- that that what is it now <laughs> that cup um, is part of the in that cup and is offered and becomes Jesus's blood. We in our offering have now united ourselves with Him, and our offering is made acceptable to God the Father. It's a great time of year to do that because we are giving up things actively. We're noting those things and then we're going to mass hopefully you know every sunday and we can use the mass as a chance to show visibly what should be happening all the time right, right. so anyway and so i know what you know so in your domestic church which is so fabulous because we get to have our little domestic churches that you know um mimic what is going on in 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 our, our mother, the church. Uh, I know when the kids were little, um, it's hard for kids sometimes to give up candy for 40 days or to not watch a TV show for 40 days or to do something. So again, I think we need to remember the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law and, and not be a legalist about it, especially with little kids. When our kids were smaller. We used to do what was called the Lenten Lotto. And so we had several things that all the kids put in um, to, um, you know, to a little uh, bowl. And we would pick, um, sometimes we'd pick every day every day when they were really small. Um, as they got older, you know, we moved to a week or, you know, um, or, or two weeks or, you know, three or four days. I mean, whatever works, whatever is going to help your child, you want your child to be successful. Um, and and, and you, again, we want to remember the spirit of this season is about growing closer to Jesus through the things that we sacrifice or through the things that we choose to do in addition. So our, our Lenten Lotto included things like, you know, um, no TV for the day or no candy for the day or um, or read read a um, a saint book, or you know. <clears throat> so let your kids. If you let your kids throw in, they, they will think of some awesome things. They're they're great at doing that. So um, um, again, and then to, I know in our house we try to keep the decorations very sparse or solemn. So because um, it's not a time of you know. Um, I mean, it's, it is a time of, 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 of holiness and, and, and sacrifice. And so um, I know that, you know, in the middle of the table, we'll have our, 
um, crown of thorns where we will put toothpicks in, in the crown of thorns. Now I have a sweet friend who just did one. She said she just got it from Hobby Lobby. I know ours we found out in the yard and actually wove together and it's not real tight. So the, the toothpicks don't stick in it real well, but she got one from Hobby Lobby that looked great. She actually dyed her toothpicks black. We usually, we've never done that before. I may try that this year, but, um, but regardless, it's again, it, the, the whole thought behind that is that here's Jesus's crown of thorns and by our good deeds, which should go unspoken. We're not, we're not sitting here, you know, tooting our high horse or, um, you know, tooting our horn. Um, and we really, I mean, you may take one out if, if you've done something, you know, good for someone or someone else can take one out because they caught you doing something good or, you know, and that's just things like doing a chore for someone or doing something and nobody had to ask you or, um, again, it's those little bitty successes and to teach, um, you know, I know we always talk about, um, the mundane, you know, the, the everyday simple things. I think that we forget to attach the significant meaning of, of those habits and those routines, um, you know, that we have. And so this is a visible way of doing that. And the whole philosophy behind this crown of thorns is that we want Jesus to not have any crown of thorns by the end of Lent. I mean, that he would have a crown that would not make his head hurt and bleed because of our um, you know, our good deeds and our, our sacrifices. Um, so, you know, that's, I mean, one thing I know we do, um, we actually have a cross that looks like those, looks like the nails that were probably used, um, you know, for his, uh, crucifixion. And so we just have really, a really simple, uh, by the fireplace, just rocks and sticks and, um, what looks like a piece of wood for the tree and those nails. And that's, that's really kind of our quote unquote decorations for Easter. Um, and then once we have purple, if you have purple, mm -hmm. yeah, it's all on a purple, um, just piece of, um, tool. Um, so, you know, nothing, um, nothing, you know, I, I know it's hard cause this time of year, the spring's starting to, Right. spring's starting to just to be sprung and you know we want to get out all of our fun spring decorations and easter you know easter colors are so fun and festive but um we can do that let's do that on easter sunday or the following day when we have our easter octave um which you know great thing about catholics is we usually have a yeah. post-celebration uh <laughs> right we're we are not you know, we are not a church that is averse to um to celebration. That's what we are. That's why we have feasts and solemnities. We're, we're people that recognize the good in this. And so to give up something, we give up often a good thing. We reorder a good thing. That's something we need to remember. It's not, it's not the giving up of something bad, which I guess it could be that if there's something bad, but, but if it's something good that we give up, then it's, it's a sacrifice that, is something that we're allowed, right? That God would say it's okay. Sometimes it's worth sacrifice. We have to, I think, re-instill in, in ourselves, because this world tends to be against it, but also in our children, a sense of that it's important to have sacrifice. It's important to live up to duties and obligations that we have committed to. That, that yeah, it may, it may hurt a little bit. It may not feel good. I may have something I'd rather be doing, but, but that we embrace those things as a sacrifice. Again, getting back to the mass, it's the holy sacrifice of the mass. We're trying to remember we're participating in that holy sacrifice by the sacrifices that we make for the sake of others. Jesus died on our, died on our, uh, died on our, died on the cross in order that we might be able to live. He died for us and for our salvation. We can make those sacrifices as we go. I, I love the um the cross the, the the crown of thorns and the thorns in it and being able to pull those things, pull them out as somebody does that. I think it is worthwhile to go back and particularly as they're younger and maybe even as they're older, be able to go and address and say, this is why I pulled that out. Because preferably it's coming from somebody. Again, we've got to make the connection between, okay, that truly is a sacrifice. 
that is a value, even if it's very small, a very small thing, and that even the smallest thing can be brought to the mass. Even the smallest thing can be a participation in Christ's own suffering, and that we can rejoice in the fact that God gives us the opportunity to make sense of, to give meaning to those things that hurt sometimes, those sacrifices that we have to make. That's the good news. I mean, that is something that is so important that we have to teach our kids um, and lend such a good time to do that, to, to reorder that, to help them recognize that we're not giving up um, stuff to punish ourselves. We're not giving up stuff um, because it'll help us to lose weight. We're giving up stuff to make room for Jesus. All right. So add those things. I mean, the, the adding of the crown of thorns is, is I would think relatively easy. Um, toothpicks and then just explain it's a great opportunity that every time that you, that you make a sacrifice for Jesus, that you in some way participate in maybe easing some of his pain and suffering on the cross or during his passion and making that link and then then go a step further, like I've said, and make sure that not only do we make the connection while we're in the house, but that we say, okay, bring that with you to Mass and make sure to offer that, whether it's on a piece of paper or just, I give you this, please take it. And then help them with their eyes to be able to see the drop of water going into wine and recognize that the wine represents Jesus' perfect sacrifice, his blood, and that we somehow participate and that God sees our participation through what Christ accomplished on the cross. So anyway, I think those are, those are the things to give up. In terms of um, almsgiving, um, I mean, alms typically is to, to help with that. I think, I think that sometimes we can um, maybe try to find places where we see people who are in need and, and do it. I mean, I, we can argue or discuss, but, you know, sometimes maybe have them carry some, carry some money with them if they have any. Um, and, of course, only with, <laughs> with us, depending on the situation, maybe give it to somebody who maybe needs it, but be on the lookout for those opportunities. It's another thing, I think, to use this time to teach that God sometimes comes to you in ways that you don't necessarily always recognize him, that we may see somebody in need on the, on the street or um, in our house, a child who, a, a brother that's struggling with something, that those are the times that we need to begin to open their eyes to the fact that, that maybe that's Jesus that you're helping in that moment, all right? And almsgiving can be any giving away of money or of, of even time um, for the sake of somebody that needs that money or time. I saw a great thing um, on Facebook. Uh, someone had posted about uh, going, er, taking time each day to go through an area in your house, a closet, a drawer, a kitchen, you know, um, a toy box, and, um, and, give, and, and give things away. Um, so things that, you know, I think that's a great I think that's a great opportunity. I know I'm, I'm uh, I've actually already started it in my house because. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's saying that because our closet's totally empty. And our room I'm, is totally full. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm totally cleaning out. Well, yeah. and I'm just. No, it's, it's good. It's, it's just good. I, I I realize how um, how much, and and I think I realized this especially when the kids were smaller too, the amount of stuff that we have. We have to manage it. And so if we're having to manage too much stuff, that's taking time away from our families, from our friends, from, you know, people who may be in need. So and, and I'm, I'm really I'm I am the worst. I am very much um, a sentimental pack rat. I mean, there, you know, some people might call it hoarding. (laughs) Believe me, she's too neat to be a hoarder. (laughs) Well, but, but, but But again, you know, it's like if you, that, that truly that, that 
mentality that if you haven't worn it, used it, needed it, you didn't even know it was there, <laughs> then someone else could could possibly be using it. And we um, we actually, like I said, we kind of started this process um, a few weeks ago um, for a friend in need. And so um, it, it's been very interesting for me to look at stuff with that set of eyes that says, can I give this away for my friend? And it's, it's been wonderful. It's been very freeing and, and, um, and, and because it has, it has a purpose. And so that's what we're trying to keep, teach our kids during this time is that give it a purpose, you know, help them to understand why they're doing something. I mean, I think I definitely grew up in the era where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Lent came and you gave up candy. I mean, it was like, there was no, I, I think there was just, I mean, obviously the purpose was always there. It just wasn't as explained as well as I think that we, you know, the information and access we have to, to information today um, yeah. is to, to make it purposeful, just like we talk about our parenting. Um, but to make this time in Lent, purposeful for you and your family. And so really pray about what that means for, for you and your family. Um, and, and again, you'll be listening to this on, you know, Ash Wednesday, the, the first day of Lent. Um, it's not too late, you know, spend some time with your family tonight, sitting down and talking about what Lent is supposed to mean. And it's just so simple. It's, we're trying to, we're trying to, um, to, to, to draw closer to Jesus right, make and, room for him, and yeah. we're, yeah. And we're trying to make room in our hearts for Jesus and to practice what we really should be doing all year, right. every year for our life. Our mission is to, is to make room for Jesus and bring him to others. So, I mean, he doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He wants everyone in his kingdom. And so, um, you know that we're giving our kids a purpose and meaning for um you know like Trey said if if they if they give up candy go beyond just that giving up of that candy what would it have cost and where what can you do with that money you know to 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 do something different um and purposeful so and have um, them participate in it again we're we're always as catholics it, we we should recognize even in the mass for example the outward action needs to be connected with an inward disposition. Okay. We, we stand at the gospel because it's Jesus being, Jesus's words being spoken and he, his words are honored by that. We kneel at the consecration because Jesus is coming body, blood, soul, and divinity into our presence at that. So we kneel in that. Well, we make sacrifices. We experience hunger pains. We give up things that we love showing us that there is something more important and we have to make the connection that we're something's more important than our candy. Something's more important than our toys, something more important than our clothes that, 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 that is Jesus. And this is a time to refocus on that and to recognize that somehow we can participate, you know, Colossians one twenty four. we can, we can, Rejoice in our sufferings because they complete what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. That verse, every every Catholic, every Christian should know because it shows that we have something to do and that when we do do it, it has value because we unite it with the one perfect sacrifice. I would only add that I think if you haven't done it, add a morning offering, you know, uh, I, I try to do it with the kids when I take them to school because that offering orients us correctly. You know, Father Heaven, I give you this day everything that I think, do, and say, all my gifts and my talents, and I unite them with the perfect once-for-all sacrifice of Christ on the cross made so many years ago, but made present again in an unbloody manner on the altar in every Mass. And I offer you my small sacrifices together with his perfect sacrifice in reparation for my sins and for the sins of the whole world, for the conversion of sinners, particularly my conversion, for the unity of all Christians, for the intentions of all those people who asked us to pray for him and for all of our intentions, we offer this sacrifice to you. 
in Jesus' name. Something like that every day allows, helps us recognize all our gifts, all our talents, everything. We're just loading up the things that we sacrifice. We're giving to God the Father in union with Christ's sacrifice, which is made present again at every Mass. Integrate that into your, into your day. I mean, I think when we were kids, it was, but Jesus, I give you, yeah. what uh, was it? Jesus, I give you today all that I think and do and say. Uniting it with what with once was, was done. done by Jesus Christ on the cross by Jesus Christ, your son. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was a little mm-hmm. it was a little rhyme that mm-hmm. the kids liked. But anyway, mm-hmm. all of those are things that you can do. I would add, I would add them. They're small things, but they can have immense value. So um, I know that. She yes, did. and well, and somebody turned me on too to a website that I just um, Matthew Kelly. Who I mean, who doesn't love Matthew Kelly? He's got a website bestlintever.com. You can sign up and you'll get a daily, um, I think a little video is what's going to come. I haven't received it yet because it's starting tomorrow. But real simple to sign up uh, and you'll get um, a little reminder in your email um, of a little video from him and a little um, a little uh, uh, devotional kind of reflection for the day. So uh, super simple. Um, but our, our uh, Bible verse, memory verse for the week is from Romans 12, and it's actually 1B, I would say, 1B to 2, um, in Romans chapter 12. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But that was a beautiful um, way to start off our, our Lent. That's um, really quick. Yes. Yeah, so just remember, only God can take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. God bless. God bless. Happy we pray, Lent. And we pray you have a holy, fulfilling Lent. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.